Welcome back to Even More News, the first and only news podcast. My name is Katie Stoll. Hi, Katie Stoll. Hi. What a sing-songy intro. Hello. Welcome mm. to me, to the show. I'm Cody. Hi. Hi, Cody. Joining us today, we're very excited to welcome labor journalist and author of the critically acclaimed book, Fight Like Hell, The Untold History of American Labor. You guessed it. It's Kim Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi. Glad to be here. Oh, we're happy to have you here. It's been a minute since we chatted. I think it that was worst year ever, even last time we talked. I don't even yeah, know, man. So. I'm like, it's it's been a minute since I've done anything normal, I think. So this is uh. nice. <laughs> <laughs> is this normal? Is this normal now? Hmm? It has become normal. normal. Yeah. 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 Talking into the computer. Talking into the computer screen. <laughs> trying not to look at my own self-view Don't picture. do it, Katie. Don't, Don't do, do it, it Katie. Just Don't do at, it. No. Oh, good. The propane guy's here. Let's see how much they'll charge me. Propane's very expensive. Mm. Don't know Dude, if my, you know. My house is heated. I'm like a 17th century whaler. My house is heated by oil. <laughs> so every what? couple months, I got to call Jay Cardulo down in South Philly to show up with a big old truck with a big hose and pump oil into the big tank in my basement. And it costs that all is, the money in the world. <laughs> that is a new one to me. Obviously, it's not a new one in terms of people's energy sources, but I have not heard of someone's house being heated by oil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seems I mean, like that's... something we should phase out. <laughs> yeah, my, my landlord is like, yeah, when the boiler or whatever, when the tank breaks, we'll get, it, we'll get an electric one. But that thing has been there for 30 years and it is hanging on. Yeah, it will me. That thing. You yeah, gotta get a go hammer, you gotta take care of it. Some steel toe boots and kick it a bunch. Climate sabotage. Honestly. You gotta, you gotta blow up your pipeline. It starts at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, okay. This is fun. I have a good feeling about this episode. We got a good vibe going. But oh, first, but we first, gotta celebrate some holidays. We get March twenty third. We get to celebrate some holidays. March twenty third, near Miss Day. Near Miss Day is celebrated on March twenty third each year. What will you? Do, what would you do if a huge asteroid was about to hit planet Earth? On March 23rd, 1989, an asteroid about the size of a mountain came very close to colliding with the Earth. Thankfully, it was a near miss. Mm. Happy that day okay. to everyone who celebrates. That's nice. Okay. <laughs> we survived. We did it. We survived. We did it by existing. And gravity took care of the rest. Uh-huh. I imagine the near miss was actually like hundreds and hundreds of miles probably and probably like, like it was like enormous unfathomable distance i read this and all right here we go i think that a near miss doesn't have to only be applied to an asteroid i think mm. that we all have moments in our life that were near misses and those can be good or bad maybe this can be a moment of reflection you didn't get hit by that car you didn't get that job, but maybe that was for the best. Maybe it was for the best. I don't best. know. Am I taking this too far? No, I think that's the purpose of the day, right? Is to take some something that mm. happened in the in like in the world and then apply it to your everyday life. You take yeah, you take the metaphor the, and then you extend it to It's certainly the purpose of this segment. Okay. Exactly. Also, March 24th, the day that you are listening to this probably, mm. hopefully, National Flatmates Day. Mm -mm. Get that British shit out of here. That, no, yeah. Not, no, 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 so no. So, no, Jonathan, do that. you were colonizing you our holidays now? <laughs> yeah, I know. So, it, the description of this holiday, they alternated between flatmate and roommate, but they landed on flatmate 
Yeah, it's interchangeable in the description, which really bothered me. So, um, because yeah. if you're going to make it National Flatmate Day, you have to go all in and assume that we know what you mean. You don't have to say it's a roommate. We're talking about right, we're talking right. about a roommate. No, yeah, dive right in. Like, no, it's a, yeah. just so, go flatmate, bruv. And then yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bruv, get in your get in get in the lift. Just go, go up to your flat. flatmate, bruv. In the trolley. Yeah, I'm in the middle of. <laughs> I'm loo. in the middle of divorcing a British man right now, so this feels oh. very like a targeted attack. <laughs> <I'm so laughs> whoa, whoa, we stumbled I, into something yeah, here. Yeah, you gotta blame March 24th, not me. I, uh, <laughs> I, I really just picked this because I loved the sentence in the National Day calendar description, which read, the history behind the creation of this holiday is a bit murky, but its inventor is thought to be a person who wanted to appreciate their roommate. <laughs> Nice. It's a false flag. No one likes the roommate. I'm sorry. This is not a national American holiday. There's nothing about how this is written. A bit it feels like feels like you wrote that, Jonathan. <laughs> like you're like, yeah, I couldn't find it, and I assume it's because somebody wanted to celebrate the roommate. God, damn, you got me. I waited. Are you British? I waited two years to, to yes. finally bust out my own holidays on this ah, show. And you got me. near miss. Two years. Wow. Almost. Time flies when you're. Having fun podcasting. Talking about the news. Asteroids yeah, avoiding asteroids. Too. Exactly. Avoiding asteroids. Correct. <laughs> Correct answer. Okay. Now's the segment where we talk to you a bit. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> Not really segments. Mm. I think of them as segments. Like how I. More of a vibe shift. A vibe shift, transition, uh, delaying talking about topics that I actually want to talk about today because you're a smart one. Anyway, uh, your book. Your book uh, was released almost a year ago, Fight Like Hell. Uh, it's received a lot of accolades. It's been really fun to see like your profile growing and people uh, giving you the well-deserved recognition uh, that you deserve. Too many times yeah. I've said that word. That's really um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. So uh, have you met anybody that has become more involved in the labor fight uh, since it's been released? Have you seen any personal stories of how this book has affected people's lives. I've heard, I'm trying to think of a way to answer this without sounding like very pleased with myself. But You're so I've, pleased with yourself. I've, I've gotten a lot of really nice emails and, and talked to people in person. People have come to my book events and come to talks and stuff. And like, just say this had impact on me. This inspired me to start organizing. This inspired me to read more about this history or just yeah. this made me hate my boss more, which is my mm. favorite one. <laughs> um, I feel like my whole goal was to get this history out into the hands of people that might yeah. not otherwise come across it because they don't have access to JSTOR or academic mm -hmm. libraries or regular libraries, depending where they're at. And I think that's uh, I think we pulled it off. Now there's a paperback version coming out, so it'll be cheaper so we can get out there more. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's <laughs> I'm saying mission accomplished is a is not a great thing to do in this country. But I feel like uh, I pulled it off. We'll say you pulled it off. You certainly did. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how to phrase this question, so bear with me. What's I a book? Sorry, What's a book? Sorry. How? A long blog. That's how oh. I thought about it you. The longest blog I've ever written. Just this, many, many, many consecutive tweets. Honestly, Clear. that's basically how I wrote it. I just wrote every chapter and then I filed it to my editor and forgot about it until like a year later. He's like, oh, I have thoughts. So. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds healthy, actually. Put it out of your mind and revisit it. <laughs> no, this is so I'm not sure how to phrase this. I moved to the mountains recently. Everyone's sick of me saying that, but uh, I did. And I left a very liberal city to 
uh, a very not liberal small town. And I was really nervous about that. I was really nervous about what conversations would come up and how I would interact with people and the formation of friendships, but also really excited about the opportunity to talk with people that I really never did in Los Angeles and to try to understand people better, uh, try to understand where people are coming from. And I have felt pretty, I mean, the more comfortable I get and the more very dear friends that I have developed here and found here, uh, getting into some dicier conversations. But in general, I have been uh, surprised by how much more there is to agree with people from the other side. All of this is to say that for a long time, when in regards to your work, I've thought about this and so I was trying to find a tweet that exemplified it, but uh, I just didn't right now. But, you know, you've talked a lot about that. Like you have to, to talk and gain respect from people that don't agree with you, but you are helping to fight their causes a lot of times. I, fi- I, I think that there's an interesting perspective that you bring to the table of like trying to understand where people are coming from. Uh, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's so I'm from uh, a super rural, like isolated, blue collar, very white, very conservative little enclave out in the woods in Jersey. So all of the the people that are now on the other side of where I ended up politically are just the people who, just like the people who raised me, who I grew up with, who I was educated by, right? So I think having that perspective and then getting out into the big wide world where there are books and people that look different from me and live differently and just kind of absorbing all that like a sponge when I got to like high school and college and all that just sort of made me realize that so much of the, the division and the... I feel like there's like such a liberal bent to what I'm going to say. I promise I don't mean it in that way. But well, there, yeah. most, I think most people are pretty normal. Yeah, They just see the world a little differently because of where they're from or the education they've received, the new sources they have access to, you know. And I think it is very possible to find common ground with most people. Some people, like Nazis, fuck them. Like they, that doesn't count. But right. I think there's a lot of different ways that people can have different opinions, right? And some things are utterly inexcusable, but some things you can talk about, some things you can kind of work out. Like one of my favorite people that I talk to like every day is a Baptist school teacher in rural Alabama. And she has super progressive views on some things. And there's some things we really don't agree on, but we're both like, you know, fuck capitalism, fuck the boss, fuck patriarchy. Let's go. Like we can figure out the other stuff once people are fed and have decent health care and don't have to worry about survival just as much. You know, it's it's kind of like, it makes me think back to sort of a joke that we would have when I was super deep in the anarchy scene in New York. And we had friends who had other, part of other isms. And be like, okay, we'll, we'll figure it out after the revolution. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like <laughs> how I feel about some things when it comes to working yeah. class liberation and about seizing worker power and doing something about the state of things. Like, I think it is possible and it is fine to find common ground with somebody and one of the biggest ways that I've seen and, and been able to do that is by focusing on work and on labor mm-hmm. and on mm-hmm. those issues, right? Because almost everybody in this country, in the world, but especially here, either has a job or will have a job or had a job at one point. And some parts of it probably sucked and they probably didn't like their boss and they probably wish it was a little bit better. And that is an incredibly nearly universal experience that you can, you can really coalesce around. Like, yeah. there, if you look at me, and you look at some of the folks that I've interviewed and become close to and written about, it doesn't seem like we have anything in common. 
but that's just because the way we look or where we're at or where you, who you think we are, right? There's yeah. so many different layers. I spent the past yeah. two years covering a coal miner strike in rural Alabama. And when I showed up, I was like, well, let's see how this goes. Yeah. And now I'm like, now I'm like planning, like, okay, I'm going to go down and we got to figure out we can go on the river and go tubing. I can hang yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Do you find that like a lot of those, uh, like the disagreements in the common ground, is it like very political? Because I know that like when you're, talking about labor a lot of it you know you're talking about like workplace safety and like everybody like feeling like uh being valued and so so much so much of today the divide is like fake shit um or Mm -hmm. like just like attacking groups of people um and like obviously like it's not helpful to like paint everybody with this broad brush of like oh you're a bigot you're this you're this um do you find that like a lot of like various attitudes do sh- shift um to be like more accepting of other types of people in the workplace because i feel like that is also sort of a labor issue where you need to be able to like you're all in this together and if you're ex- like exclusionary to certain people then that's gonna be not what you know not liberating right i mean that's one of the most important functions that a union can have it's bringing together all these different people of different experiences and identities and backgrounds who happen to work in the same place. All they have in common is working in that one spot and they have to figure out what, you know, how they see the world and what they need and what will benefit one another and what they have in common, what they don't. And then they build something together. If if it all works out, they build something together and they make things better and they realize, okay, maybe we're not that different. Like I remember back at Vice when we unionized, I didn't talk to anybody before that because I was like the weird metalhead in the corner that people were kind of scared of. It wasn't <laughs> until we started having meetings that got to know people. It's like, oh, we have so many similar problems and there's solutions that we all agree on. Like, oh, okay. And now still some of my best friends are people I met during the experience. Like a lot of what separates people is just bullshit. And a lot of it also comes down again to the news that people consume, the education they receive, yes. the exposure they have to other types of people. Like I grew up super, super rural and super white and super diversity didn't exist where I'm from. And so like, I didn't know, I didn't know anything until I got a little bit further out and I met people and I learned, and then I learned a lot, but yeah. there's people I grew up with who are still there and probably see the world the same way they did when they were 14. And uh, that's not great when you're from the kind of place I'm from. But if they didn't have the opportunity or the ambition or the desire to leave or to expand. And so they're just kind of stuck in that place. Like anybody can change where they're. I mean, I don't want to make blanket statements. America's full of weirdos. But yeah. <laughs> it is always possible to learn more and to educate yourself and to get to know more people and expand your horizons whether it's at work or on the bus or in your neighborhood group or like at the library, like there's always opportunities to look past your own nose and think, oh, okay, that person is my, is not just a, a caricature I heard about on Fox news. That's like Jeff or that's Roxy. Yeah, like, yeah. why are they attacking them? Like, that's my friend. That shift I think is very important for people. And it's how unions yeah. can help bring people together. You know what? I'm so glad I, found my way into that sort of question because <laughs> yeah i agree with you completely you might not know this but i'm extremely famous in the netherlands that's thanks to a few low budget films i starred in a couple years back 
And as an extremely famous person there, I use ExpressVPN to protect my personal privacy from obsessive hacker fans over there. You see, ExpressVPN creates an encrypted tunnel between all of my devices that protects me every time I go online. It's not hard to be a hacker, which is why it's also not hard to use ExpressVPN. Just one push of a button and you're good to go. The Netherlands is the name of a basement cigar bar down the street from me. Listen, your data is valuable, so you should protect it. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash more news. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash more news, and you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash more news, and shout out to Musky Sal and Vinny over in the Netherlands. Now it's time to talk about topics. Oh. Uh, obviously, Donald Trump may or may not be indicted soon. I can't figure out who, what to read to tell me if that's real. I know. And right now, as of the rec- this recording, it's, it's not real yet. Uh, but it might be by the time we're done. It might be by tomorrow. Kind of think that maybe it would happen on a Friday, but I also kind of think it won't happen. Uh, Friday news dump? That'd be that? funny. Uh, according <laughs> to The Onion, Trump was executed. Oh, well, mm. that so. would be a different way. I mean, I trust them more than out. most news sources. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, Twitter used to be so good for figuring out, oh, what's happening? This is what's wow. happening. But then it got broken, and now it's all just promoted tweets of people be being mad about oh, saltines, I just... and I don't know what's happening, and I want to know because I want to be mad or not mad. I just feel so disconnected for Twitter now. Oh, I can't find what I'm looking for. It's just nonsense. Dude, I can't find my friends. Do you ever go in the yeah, search bar like, oh, friends. I want to find like someone I follow. It's all just a bunch of jagoffs. And eventually when I remember someone's dumb internet handle they thought of 20 years ago and I find it, then I find them. Yeah. Who does that help? I, I don't want to see the jagoffs. You guys understand algorithms. Show me what I want. So we don't really have to talk about Donald Trump right now because we don't know what's going to happen. I will say there's a lot of different things that could happen. A lot of different cases circling the man. Cody, you look like you had something to say. Oh, I don't think I did. Um, oh, I never support mind. Sorry. the arrest of the once and future president of the United States, Donald <laughs> Trump. But uh, ah, we'll see about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We haven't really talked about this and there's no nothing really to say beyond like, I don't know, maybe. And it seems like maybe he should be arrested for other things and not this one thing. And maybe they're like, that's my main uh, thing more um, in regards to like uniting people. Um, I feel like maybe. Uh, arresting him for like crimes against like democracy might be a little more a find a little more common ground amongst yeah. people than like a, a payoff i don't sort of love situation. that we led with the story daniels one for those same reasons you know yeah i also don't like how uh so many i mean this is like a blue lib type of thing but like so many tweets about this that i've seen are always like paid off a porn star they always like underline oh, or italicize yeah. porn stars. <laughs> like, just say a woman for the for the thing. Yeah. Like, you don't you, need to. It's like, who are you trying? Like, what salacious thing are you trying to do? What's your like? Is your opinion well, we different? I know. It's just like it's such a. It's frustrating to see. Um, that doesn't. They always try to do the 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 gotcha. Oh, that we're Republicans are family values, but did you consider this man knows a woman whose job we don't like? Like right, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, like, okay. Okay. like suddenly a hypocrite, you say, is gonna yeah. be like this huge thing that changes right. everything. Got him. Yeah. If he is indicted for this specific thing, the the Secret Service would organize for it to 
happen without like media scrutiny they'll get like the fingerprints and he'll put in a plea without being there and then it's months before the next part of it happens so this like big news that we're waiting for is like not really do you mean they're not going to chase him down i I think it was the guardian i read that he wants to make it a big spectacle like he wants to do a perp walk he wants the the cups he wants a whole thing because of course he's a drama queen queen. he loves the attention it just kind of feels like a, a waste like if this is the thing that old donnie can't wriggle out of like yeah, this is the one thing like a crime. I yeah. don't even quite understand why it's a crime. Like, it's not cool. But like, why of all the well, crimes? It would be it would be under falsifying business records and campaign finance violations. Oh, no. Michael Cohen paying her off and then him paying her back would technically be a potentially it, a campaign contribution, which is illegal. I feel like every politician probably does something like that. Yeah, like, I'm fi- like, I'm oh, finding 100%. it a difficult like, well, how would you get outraged about that thing out of all of the things? And, you know, like, unfortunately for me, like leading with it, uh, I see people being very upset. You know, obviously they're like, this is outrageous. Uh, this is political. What You know, and it feels like a waste of that energy, the surprise factor. Like if this is the one, but also it hasn't happened. Donald Trump is the one that told us it was going to happen and it hasn't happened. And he raised yeah. a bunch of money off it. Yeah, he sure did. Well, he sure did. Classic classic stuff it's just um because also if this is the kind of like you're saying like the kind of stuff that like uh, many politicians do this um exact kind of thing um and this is one of those opportunities that is so frustrating because it's and it's always the case where it's like trump did this like well other politicians do too so get them too. stop stop them from doing it too. arrest them too yes. i don't care yeah that um, would be sick but like <laughs> but obviously that's not going to happen so it like makes that conversation kind of impossible. So like Katie, the people you're talking to are like, I'm frustrated because this always happens. And you can say, yeah, go ahead. But they're only going after Trump for it. So like they're not ex- like they're not doing the thing that we're all OK with that would make right. that conversation not, sort of like it's not going away. to happen. Yeah. They never will. But yeah, you're right. A crime against democracy hits different. <laughs> For, not, for, not for everybody, not for, for everybody, but, but like for even some the, people, um, even the uh, like the Dominion stuff that's been going on, not as many people as I would like or but not as many people as I expected are like, I don't know if I trust Fox News as much anymore. Like it did kind of get through to some people that like, oh, yeah, they lied and like admitted they lied and texted about us what polling. Poll? I know yeah. Robert shared that one. I just couldn't remember. Yeah, um, I, I don't have it offhand. Um, yeah. But, uh, and like, you know, I'm sure that'll change once like Brandon says we got to, I don't know, pick your M&M story. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like mandate, like lady M&Ms for everybody in every class. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so they'll they'll probably change their tune. But it, it was a little it was a little like, oh, they kind of saw they saw that they were being lied to blatantly and didn't like that. The um, poll that we were talking about is a, a Maru poll that said that uh, 21% of Fox News viewers say they trust the network less following those disclosed text messages and emails from the Fox executives and, and on-air personalities admitting that the election was not stolen. So that's what they say right now. I well exactly yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's like oh that's nice that they say that and it, it's just a sign that like it can get through it's just probably not going to be very lasting like there's there is at least a percentage of the audience that isn't like 
locked in 100% for everything all the time, there is a little bit of breaking through, even if, yeah, it is going to sort of dissolve away. Yeah, because not all people that watch Fox News are like huge Fox News fans. Like, I remember growing up, Fox News, it hadn't gotten quite as, you know, turned into what it is now, but it was Fox just what the, Yeah, it's just what the news was. Like, my grandparents mm-hmm. and my parents has always had it on because, oh, it's time to watch the news. And I think perhaps there are people that have that sort of relationship with like, oh, well, that's just the news I watch. Like, oh, they're mm-hmm. lying to me. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there's like the Fox News stands and then there's the people that just don't like right. CNN for whatever reason. Right. Think- it's always sort of like a thing. It's on the TV. Like you go, yeah. like you're like you're uh, taking your car in or whatever. Yeah. Fox News is on because it's the news. Um, yeah. Think, it's like-, like listening to Metallica when they come on the radio versus following them around on their entire right. world tour. Every bar, every place you go into, it's got one of the TVs up. Yeah, because they're all it's on like, the airport all the time. And it's yeah. and it's also like it's framed because, like you're saying, like they there's like a view that like CNN, MSNBC is like it's the liberal media, um, which in a lot of ways it is, but more than anything, it's like the corporate media. Much like Fox News is also the corporate media, and they've framed themselves as this like opposing force, and so it just sort of becomes like, oh, this is the news I watch. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll we'll see how it. We'll see out, how it shakes it's interesting. out. Interesting. Unless my so, dad eats things, I'll get the real man on the ground view. Yeah, please update us with what your dad thinks. <laughs> Actually, I would be curious. <laughs> see what's going on in the gun club. That's where he gets all his news. We are going to take a very quick break, and then we're going to be back for even more news, but specifically labor movement news. News. Boy, oh boy, let me tell you, geez. Am I right? Can you even believe it? I didn't think so. Wow, folks, let me tell you, it is quite something. So obviously, because, geez, I have tried Stress CBD Complex from Next Evo Naturals because, my goodness, Jiminy's. A lot of CBD companies claim to help with stress or if you have trouble sleeping, which I do because, golly. But Next Evo is the only company to use SmartSorb CBD, which they claim is proven for 30 times better absorption in the first 30 minutes, which you sure need with all these goings-ons and whatnots and what have you. So yeah, <laughs> eek ads. Good gracious, we need to reduce that stress. And Next Evo Naturals wants to help you with that. So make CBD a part of reaching your full potential with Next Evo Naturals. Go to nextevo.com slash podcast and use promo code more news to get 20% off your first order of $40 or more. That's 20% off $40 or more at N-E-X-T-E-V-O dot com slash podcast with code more news because you know what? Gee. And we can talk about this too. I think there's a sense of like where you have this conflict. And again, it's not like everybody, it's uh, a lot of it is sort of like the climate um, and like the punditry and, and the political forces that are like, you know, pitting everybody against each other for a reason. But like, there's a sense that, you know, it's just a matter of meeting people where like a lot of people on the left, like, you know, and like trans community and people sort of have to like, accept that instead of the other like it doesn't go both ways we're like oh i have to sort of like oh, yeah not i have to like accept this person for how they view me in order to have this conversation but they're not doing it back 
And so it's a lot of yeah, like, give, yeah. there's like give and take, but the give, I think, can be perceived as one-sided. I'm not like in these conversations, so I can't mm. speak to it. Oh, but. That makes sense. That's what I worry about. That, honestly, point. like, it just since I left, like, I was, I think about this all the time. Like, back when I was in New York and I spent all my time in, you know, anarchist world. And then I moved and started doing more labor stuff and, you know, ended up where I am now. I'm like, I feel like 2015 me would want to kick my ass. Because I'm not as yeah. militant as I used to be about us and them. There's only two ways to be. Kim, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I know, I very much relate to what you're saying. Part of what I was getting at with this question, <laughs> bringing up this topic earlier, is because I relate to that. Would my 2015 version of me would be very, having a very different conversation, uh, would be having a very different experience here. I have spent so many years very angry and I still am I'm exhausted I'm also realizing that so much is exactly what we've already been saying a factor of your location of a lack of access to having never had these conversations with people to not having had the question posed what about this you don't want your guns want guns taken away and you know what like the conversation of Banning, taking away rights is scary to me, just like we're seeing happen with women's reproductive rights. So when you start to make that conversation, that comparison, like you don't want your guns taken away. I don't want my rights taken away. All of a sudden, I seem to make a little bit more headway. But it's like if you just never have these conversations, if you never try to see the humanity of people, then we're just going to get further and further apart. That's kind of where I've landed. And I've been surprised by how lovely people are. Um, I've been horrified at some of the things too, uh, especially when you talk about trans issues. This is a really tricky one to navigate. It's like being at a protest when the cops are trying to shoot some black people. If you're a white person that is trying to be helpful, you stand in front because it's That's less likely you're going to catch that collateral damage. It's just using privilege for something useful instead of just hiding behind it. Like, I think it's but, a good thing, though. I also don't want the government to take my guns, but I really want them to not take my bodily autonomy away. So see, there's different well, ways they can intersect there too. Right. <laughs> anyway. See, people are, people are nuanced, right? No one's just one thing. And that is something that really getting involved in the labor movement and getting out of just sort of specific subcultures has just kind of showed me. Like everyone, we all contain multitudes and some of them might surprise you just by looking at either, any of us. There's probably stuff about us that, or opinions we have or experiences we had that someone would be like, oh, I wouldn't expect that from you. Everyone has that, you know, you just have to figure out a way to talk to them about it in a way that they aren't able to cause harm and you aren't able to cause harm and you can be useful for everybody. Right. Because I think there's, yeah, there's just a sort of, it's, it's a, it's a little weighted in, like saying, like in one direction where like what, even what you're talking about, like, like, I don't want to take my, my guns, but also like, this is my body, right? Like there's a, there's an aspect of like, well, we're talking about like civil rights and like people's humanity. And you're talking about this other, like it, it, it's not like a one-to-one -one sort of thing. And so I think for a lot of people, it's just hard to sort of like accept that. And like, like Katie, you're saying like, you're sort of taking the place of somebody having these conversations because like, it's not like uh, so much of. This is me, my evolving perspective. I just, I relate to what you were just saying. <laughs> and it's interesting, but I, it's frustrating sometimes. And other times I sometimes have, leave a conversation thinking that was actually pretty productive. So it's both of those things. 
and we'll see how long that that works yeah. for me. But I, I really have found so many people that I respect up here, even though we don't agree on everything. Yeah, it seems it's yeah, it's just, I think it's I think frustrating or like disappointing. Like the onus is sort of on you to do that. Yes, it is and very like, much like on you, me. You need to bite your tongue to I, like absolutely. not like bring things up or point out like this is actually a horrible thing you're saying or whatever, whereas it's not on them. And at, and at least in some degree, I feel like it should be because right. we're supposed to be in this together. But if you're doing all the work to like, you know, keep it to yourself and not like rock the boat and they're not putting in that work, then already that dynamic is flawed. Um, and that's, I'm not saying and like that's, that's, it's, that's not true brush, of everybody like, here. This is not, know. you know, necessarily. But yeah, point taken and agreed. We should talk about some labor movement stuff. Kim. Let's start off. You pitched this topic, and I absolutely would love to hear about this. Is the Warrior Met Coal strike and what's been going on there? Oh man, <laughs> I spent two years covering this strike, and in mid February, it very kind of abruptly changed. It's hard to like say it ended because it's still an ongoing process, and that they're continuing to negotiate for new con for a new contract. Some folks have gone back to work, some haven't. But for people who do not know about this strike, the clip notes is for the past 23 months, a thousand union coal miners in Brookwood, Alabama have been on strike against their company, Warrior Met Coal. It's been a really gnarly, grueling strike. Um, like 80% of the people on the picket line are parents. There was a lot of violence on the picket line from scabs and company employees. The local judiciary failed them. The cops failed them, obviously. Their state politicians failed them. The strike did not get the attention it really needed and deserved. And folks kind of felt like they were abandoned. But they kept going as long as they could. And ultimately, the union decided in mid-February, okay, we're going to shift tactics. We're going to send the boys back to work. We're going to continue to negotiate. This isn't over. They're going to be working under the prior contract, the one they're trying to change, while they try and figure it out. Because at this point, 23 months in, nobody's really being hurt but the miners and their families because coal prices happened act of god happened to skyrocket in june 2021 a couple months after they walked out and they've held and so the company's been able to keep making like hundreds of millions in profit the whole time like the economic impact that one would hope from a large-scale strike just was not realized because of those market conditions and you can't be on strike forever so it's been a shift uh and we're just going to have to see what happens next. The story's not over, but I'm not going to be running down to Alabama every month or so like I have been. Yeah. It's a little upsetting. <sighs> You're telling me. <laughs> yeah. It feels like a breakup. I'm like, well, now what do I do with my time? <laughs> like, if I'm not planning to go to Alabama, what am I going to do? Stay at home like a person? <laughs> You've been working on this for a very long time. Yeah. And the stakes around this are important. I mean, let's talk about black lung, because the truth is, I, like so many people, have assumed that this is an antiquated uh, health issue, that we've solved that, but we haven't at all. I'd love to hear a little bit no, about that. It's, yeah, and it's, it's interconnected in that these are folks who work in underground coal mines, but actually, because Alabama has such a high instance of union coal mines... The black lung crisis hasn't really touched that part of the country as much. It's really concentrated in central Appalachia. Uh, so West Virginia, Southern Virginia, Kentucky. And this is, it's been reported on over the past few years. Like every couple of years, someone comes out with another report like, hey, this is still happening. This is not good. 
Uh, I think 2018 was the last time it got a lot of attention. NPR did a series on it. But essentially, black lung, coal miners' pneumoconiosis, this uh, progressive fatal lung disease with that has no real treatment options, has been skyrocketing skyrocketing among younger coal miners. Like people have only spent 15, 20 years in the mines, which sounds like a long time, but these are guys my age. Like I know, I know guys younger than me who, and I'm 35, who are dealing with this. This isn't the old man's disease. And this has really been happening for the past 10 years. It's really been going. Like I, there's a bunch of data from NIOSH, um, government agency associated with OSHA that monitors these things. But data has shown like it's it just keeps going up, keeps going up because it comes down to silica, which is a, an element substance that's found in the rock that the miners are tunneling through to get to the coal. A lot of the coal seems in Appalachia are mined out because they've been you know, hacking away at them for centuries. So now they're having to go through a lot more rock to get to what they want. What's in the rock? Silica. They breathe in silica dust along with the coal dust. It, it settles into their lungs. It grows into hard nodules. It kills them. And it's just, it's approaching a crisis, honestly. And MSHA, the Mine Safety Health Administration, are trying to pass a new silica standard to lower the amount that can be found, uh, or uh, the allowable amount of uh, respirable crystalline silica dust that miners can inhale during their shifts. There's all this regulatory, like Washington-y mm-hmm. stuff that's happening right now that should have happened in 1974 when they mm-hmm. figured this out in the first place. But one thing I've learned, I've been reporting this big story about it for in these times. I think it comes out maybe next month. Um, one thing I've learned is just how beholden to the changing wind, like the political winds of Washington, any type of real progress is in this country. And that probably sounds like a duh, but I mean, in like very specific cases, like the Obama administration knew about this and they were trying to do deal with the rule. Like they were trying to change the standard, but they, they ran out of time. And then Trump came in and he appointed a coal executive to, to oversee MSHA. And then he spent all of his time trying to figure out ways to get rid of the existing regulations. And now we have Joe Brandon and he brought in a good guy from West Virginia to head the agency. And now they're trying to make some progress, but that was like 10 years no, 12 years of time wasted because they just, so, I don't know, just too hard. How do very passionately about this. I could go on forever, yeah. but I won't go into a whole well, thesis for you. I've got some questions, though. I, specifically, you've spent a lot of time here working. How do coal miners feel about this? What is the future of this industry? Are they accepting of the fact that this is this is killing them? Or is it more like this is what I do and I'm going to keep doing it? Well, it, it kind of depends on where they're at, right? Like I've talked to guys from Alabama and Utah and Pennsylvania and West Virginia uh, for the story, just in general about this stuff. And it first, it kind of depends on how prevalent it is in their area, right? Uh-huh. In sure. places like Utah and Pennsylvania and Alabama, it's not as prevalent. It's really like an Appalachian specific thing right now. But black lung has been haunting them for centuries. You know, it's people always know about black lung. But after the Mine Act was passed, uh, well, it was passed and then modified in 1977, the cases went down because regulations came in, ventilation plans. Mm-hmm. There's an actual effort made to control the dust and control the toxins they were taking in. Black lung cases plummeted and they started coming up. But now less it's only impacting folks in a specific area. And I think there's just less of an understanding that it's back unless it happens to you. Mm-hmm. 
Like some of the folks I talked to are like, yeah, these young guys think they're indestructible. Like anybody who's young, like, oh, that's an old man thing. You know, that's, right. that's not going to happen to me. That happened to my dad and my granddad, but I'm, I'm young. I'm fine. And that's, I mean, that's the mentality a lot of younger people have about a lot of health issues, right? Oh, yeah. So it, it's just kind of all tied into the, the overall decline of coal and the state of coal. And these workers wanted to keep their jobs and keep their lives yeah. and not necessarily being able to do both. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, the it's interesting that the yeah the black lung is very like localized and like or like focused in certain areas um but like with the like with these strikes and things does how do they uh obviously again can't paint everyone the same brush everyone's gonna have a different opinion about these sort of things but just even these few stores we've talked about you see okay um uh workers aren't getting uh treated well uh or paid well um too many hours all these sort of things so they go on strike bosses don't care uh they pay other people less to do the same job and still make profit almost two years of a strike they have to go back to work um not getting what they wanted um and like all these health issues and then like you said like yeah like trump appointed this uh this coal baron basically um and just these were like these relationships and these events has it does it affect sort of how they view things politically when they have sort of like all these sort of steps like pointing to like actually the way things are going are is bad and like the status quo is not supportive of you regardless of like the blue or red state it's not a blue or red state thing it's a boss worker thing does that has that sort of like seeped in at all for some it all, it all depends on the person and why they believe what they believe right but there are people at least there's one dude in particular i think about who, when I first met him, he's like, yeah, I'm a conservative Republican, whatever. Like, okay, whatever. And then now, two years on, he's totally, like, <laughs> he's met with Bernie. He's, like, tweeting mm. Eugene Debs quotes. <laughs> like, he is, he's completely, oh, like, he's like, That's fuck pretty Republicans, satisfying. fuck the Democrats. Yeah. yeah, and his wife is even cooler. Like, the, it's just, I think there's been less of a, a thought of, like, oh, maybe the Republicans were wrong. It's more like, so none of them care about us. Like the Democrats didn't show up and the Republicans didn't show up. So like, well, fuck this. <laughs> so, so much of it is also like sort of a, like a, almost a messaging aspect. Obviously, like, you know, uh, Biden frames himself as a union man, despite like uh, train stuff, you know, you, his you actions. Know, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, as opposed to like the Republican Party is like pretty much just like anti-union pretty vocally and clearly. Um, and it's sort of like a fault, like a, a, a problem with them because obviously this industry does sort of need to be phased out uh for a lot of reasons uh the treatment of workers and the effect on the environment all these sort of things uh that we all know about and i feel like it would be so much easier to just sort of communicate that but also communicate like there will be jobs still we can help and like transition to other uh safer jobs um that will pay well that will have uh fewer hours that will not give you black lung and it feels like that message is such an easy one to give um and be and be received too because again like yeah two years of this and they have to go back to work um if you had any political party speaking to that and instead of like the like oh you're greening all the jobs and you're gonna take them away and you're gonna make us all like you know, you're making us not eat meat anymore, whatever it is, just like very clearly like, no, there's like there's a good way to transition to this. I don't know if the Democrats have thought of an actual way to do it, though. 
I think no, messaging is not. different from if if I feel like a lot of the the guys I know, some of them they're just their souls are full of coal dust. Like they're mm-hmm. they're coal miners. That's who they are. That's their culture. That's all they want. But some of the younger guys. And not just some people in general, like that's the job they do because it's the best paying option mm. and that's the best yeah. health insurance. Like it's all very pragmatic. If there was a better option, that was like a real option, not like all this, these learn to code camps that right. for some reason popped up or were planned years ago. Like if people have a better option, they will take it. Yeah. They are not yeah. dumb. They are smart. They, they just have yeah. less options. How, well, where else are you going to make 90 grand a year in Brookwood, Alabama? Not at Walmart. Well, then you have, yeah, Green New Deal that is going to, again, take away all of our cows. Okay, we don't have very much time left, but there are lots of other labor news things happening. I mean, there's what's happening in France. There is uh, the LAUSD is currently protesting for three days and people are up in arms about it. Uh, There's that. And there is just, you know, the rise of child labor it's back baby so there's oh, it never a went whole... anywhere it never went <laughs> anywhere um so yeah, labor uh, laws of, those, fucked. of those of that tasty platter of topics which would you feel <laughs> most inclined to talk about for the remaining time we have with you oh, i mean i've always like, one of my best friends lives in paris uh, he's actually in my book he's in the uh the chapter on the prisoners he was in rikers when i was writing it and he just gives me all these updates and like i am so jealous yeah. I think a lot of people are watching and seeing what the French people are doing and seeing just the amount of militancy and anger they're showing at being fucked around by their government. And so many people are saying, oh, why can't we do that? U.S. labor yeah. movement. Boo. It's like, Well, there's very different conditions and cultures and political scenes and levels of police brutality well, happening. Well, yeah, but also- Is there anything that we could learn from them here that we could try? Like, are there what things that we could implement better? <laughs> stop respecting the police yeah there you <laughs> go that's the, thing, the that's answer the, the, the sort of like the thing about this like why can't we do that wasn't there like massive like the m- longest like protest movement in america like two years ago and then the police beat the shit out of everybody yeah no, that's put a bunch true. of people in jail and then change the laws so we can't protest anymore yeah. and they're trying to throw a bunch of kids in atlanta in into prison on domestic terrorism charges for trying to protect a forest like why can't we do things well yeah. well people do keep, it's just i also it just think doesn't go well at yeah. this point france has always been pretty good at protests and there is something yeah, they that have experience is... in dealing with rich assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. But um, so there's a there's there's something about that that isn't that that is not a part of our national identity, even though you know our right to protest. You know, we always say that we have it, but like that has never been a thing that I grew up with seeing a bunch of. You know, oh, or maybe in the, like... in the '60s, sure, but it was that was just that that one time. That one, pe- that one bad upon. period. Yeah, it was still like it's still upon. framed as like it's always seems to be like framed as misguided or or something. Um, mm-hmm. No matter yeah. what it's about. Not everyone here has the right to protest. Look what happens when black folks go out and try to say, "Hey, perhaps stop killing us." You they know, burn down police precinct is what happens. <laughs> yeah, great. Burn them all. Once, honestly. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah but... it's and also like when you were. Like a typical French worker is so much better off than someone here because they have yeah. health care, they have yeah. a social safety net, they have they're fighting for their pension 
Can you imagine having a pension? Are you kidding right. me? <laughs> when you're not like absolutely crushed under the boot heels of your boss and every other attending capitalist ghoul and can't pay your bills or take care of your health or your family's health. And then some other bullshit thing happens. Maybe I'll go out and protest or maybe I'll sit down because I'm tired. You yeah. know? <laughs> God. Oh, I have thoughts uh, on child labor too, but I just want to shout out to the French. <laughs> For once, I will shout out to the French. Okay. We've got some announcements at the end of the show, but real quick, child labor, go. <laughs> Anti. <laughs> no, I am not. Go, no, child labor, go away. Child yeah. labor, go away. Okay. Right? It's it's so funny in a in a morbid way as a person who loves history and wrote a book about labor history that I've seen so many people who are outraged at Sarah What's Her Face in Arkansas and all these Republicans trying to push child labor as this new thing we're going to do. We've always done it. There have always been carve outs for children, for minors, for kids like under 16 in our major labor laws. Yeah. Like this isn't a new thing. It's just getting more attention because there's because somebody that people don't like on the TV signed a bill about it. Like there have been children working in coal mines and factories and agricultural fields and wherever else you can think to put a person with a small body since the country began. It never stopped. So if you're going to be mad about it now, good. But like learn about how insidious yes. it's been and how widespread it's been and how immigrant children are particularly at risk. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like it's not necessarily kids being made to work at McDonald's. It's the kids in Alabama at the Hyundai and right. Kia factories who are like 12 years old working in a factory. Also, like, <laughs> yeah, like if you're, if you're, yeah, if you're mad about this, be aware more. But also, a lot of people aren't mad about it. Like, right. we have such a fucking warped, weird, gnarled view of work that, like, even like the the raising in France two two years, like they're burning shit down, and like you have people they here don't being like, oh um, yeah, fifty nine, fifty seven. Like, yeah, you just have like people here, like obviously Elon Musk is gonna say it, but like people, it's like, yeah, it's a little, I don't know, it's a little low. It's a concern. Is it? Uh, and then you right. have like with this child labor stuff, it's like, yeah, what? You didn't have a job when you were a kid? Like, we just have like this weird obsession with it. And, and we didn't yeah, have we a, overnight. I didn't have an overnight shift operating heavy machinery at a meat processing plant. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. bag groceries. Like, handling. Yeah. handling. I worked as a dishwasher and got shouldn't. groped by my boss. That's what I yeah. did as, as my time as yeah. a child right. labor. That's that is great. Also you know, awful. Um, but again, France so has a much. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. I don't. I <laughs> sorry. <laughs> brush right through that. Thing, yeah. Like clarify. Like France has a very different relationship to all of this. It's much healthier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's that we. Well, especially Macron just like doing it like that. I think that also helped that there wasn't like a legislative sort of approach to right. it. It's just like, yeah, that's going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. Macron is just like, well, this is a thing I want to do, so I'm going to do it. And everyone's like, no. And he's like, we. Oui. And they're like, okay, well, fuck you. Uh, yeah, I do wonder. Because <laughs> no. he just did that. And like, I know in the past like month, I've noticed uh, Elon meeting with Macron a lot. Like they have like a pretty decent relationship in terms of like world leaders. Um, and I just find that. Huh. Uh, what are they up to? I don't know. I like that. What are those two, two, two cats up to? Mm. What are they getting on and about? Let's see. Okay, we're almost out of time. But speaking of child labor, Jonathan, what did you need to announce here today? Well, my family has a new little worker. Um, (laughs) 
coming into the home soon. My beautiful wife is uh, going to give birth soon. Uh, I am going to be there supporting as best I can. I, I probably not doing enough, but hopefully contributing somewhat. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be gone for a little bit on uh, paternity leave and we'll be readjusting my mindset away from uh, uh, podcasting and news for a little bit. I'm planning to come back in mid-May and we'll tell you all about it. Um, We are so... So very excited for you both. For you Thank three. You. I excited. mean, the little yeah. one mm-hmm. got a whole life the cats ahead of them. Too. Uh, the yeah. cats. Very, uh, very excited for them. Oh, <laughs> man. I'm really, that's one of the things I'm stressed about the most is how these yeah. two cats are going to oh. handle. They've never seen a baby. Get the cats into therapy now. <laughs> yeah. Just get, them, get ahead of it. Have a safe spot where they can talk about their emotions. Um, we are really really gonna miss you but it's gonna go by real fast for us maybe less fast for you no it'll Um, go by very fast i'll be back soon (laughs) and i will i will miss being here every week and maybe i will uh you know i'll i'll send some news updates that are hopefully all good and warm and not about like the horrors of trying to get health care for a new Mm -hmm. human uh in this country if you you wanted to just uh make notes about how it's going we'll just do that for an episode yeah, we um, read your notes, Doc. <laughs> Just kidding. We're not going to do that. You're going to come back. How much you're work not going to hear I from us. Have to do. Also, nothing, in a couple weeks, we will nothing. have, uh, when Jonathan is gone, we will have an episode of some more news written by Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, yep. So yes. you'll feel, oh, you'll feel so him like he'll be despite here. his absence. Exactly. I'm um, so sad that I won't be around for the shoot of that because I'm looking forward to this episode. I'm, I'm, it's going to be I good. can't wait yeah. to watch it, perhaps at three in the morning while... <laughs> Uh, yeah, awake. but we're going to yeah. be shooting that while you literally have a newborn. So, <laughs> mm. yeah, Kim, it was really, really, really nice to have you here today. Yeah, fun. <laughs> we ended up all over the place. I'm just dropping opinions everywhere. Mm. <laughs> yeah, please come back anytime. We can go into more depth of some of these other stuff we didn't get to. But please plug your work where people can find you all the good things well like everyone i'm aggressively online still on twitter at grim kim where i i tweet all my my terrible thoughts and my decent articles um (laughs) they they also live on my pet patreon patreon you know that john that you can sign up for um after all these years i still know how to say it right but i think well yeah i have a patreon and uh, i also wrote a book called Fight Like Hell, the American History... No, it's not... What's it called? Fight Like Hell, <laughs> uh, the Untold History of American Labor. I, I wrote it like three years ago. I don't even know it's in there anymore, man. But um, <laughs> There probably were a variety of titles that were workshopped. Yeah, like... I wanted to call it... Uh, what I, I wanted to call it like a People's History of American Labor or something. I didn't want to put American in it, but, mm-hmm. you know, publisher is going to publish her. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to call it Untold History <laughs> yeah. either. Whatever. It's fine. I love my giant goth child. And the paperback <laughs> comes out at uh, on uh, August 29th. And I'm working on another book that I'm not announcing yet. And I have the story come out in these times. And I'm just, uh, for someone who writes about labor and does not dream of it, I work a lot. So I'm pretty prolific. You sure do. So you can find me. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> okay. Everybody do that. Everybody say goodbye to Jonathan. And we'll be back next week. 
And what am I forgetting? Ah, gosh, it's... Oh, right. We love you very much. 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 <laughs>